3: This podcast is brought to you by Men's T Clinic. Men's T Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-Go Men's T or visit men's
0: Here we go. It's hour two of the G-Bag Nation on 1053 the fan time now for Zach Woolchuck's NFL news of the day. Another big day in Pro Football. Here, Zach.
4: Yeah, we did just get some news uh, with a Cowboys future opponent in the Miami Dolphins that former Cowboys center and current Miami Dolphin Connor Williams does have a torn ACL. He is done for the season. Mike McDaniel announcing that Tyreek Hill will be day to day with an ankle injury. So as you start to project ahead, obviously got to play Buffalo. Uh, And then you go to Miami, but that is a pretty broken offensive line right now there for the Fins. Yeah, man,
5: you might be catching teams like, I mean, Buffalo seems to be on the upswing a little bit for sure, but you might catch Miami, you might catch Detroit at a great time. You know, a month ago, you catch Detroit, you're thinking, okay, this is a legit situation. We'll see here in a few weeks when you see them, but they've been struggling. They've been a different team in Miami. I mean, that offensive line, like it, it might just be just a night to feast there. On Christmas Eve for Micah and company.
4: Yeah, I mean, according to next gen stats last night, Tua pressured on 39% of his dropbacks, sacked five times, and when facing pressure, he was 4 of 11 for 27 yards. Without pressure, 19 of 22 for 213. Yeah, so yeah. made a huge impact.
5: And I was impressed with the, the, the ability of the Titans secondary. I mean, some of those were, it's just like, is anybody open here? Like, he's not being able to like he's not able to find anybody and Tua like he's got a nice skill set for the things that he does well but it needs to be within the structure of the boom boom out boom boom out read read out he's not a like we've seen here of late from Dak a guy who can okay things aren't working let me break the pocket let me scramble find somebody down the field go steal a first down with my legs like Tua is not doing any of that and it was extremely apparent last night
4: yeah and another quarterback uh, will be done for the season that looks like Justin Herbert as he He's going to have surgery uh, on his injured right finger, and uh, he is going to be shut down. So, the Chargers quarterback will miss the rest of 2023. So, obviously, uh, Thursday night, they've got their matchup, I believe, against the Raiders. Easton Stick mm. will probably be their starting quarterback. They did sign former TCU quarterback Max Duggan, though, to the practice squad. So, maybe yes. we get some Max Duggan action in the final few weeks of the season. A lot of people have been dug out, but I've been dug in I, we've from the I've always jump. been dug in, guys. <laughs> That'd 100%. Be sweet. It'll be fun, right? Easton Stick versus Aiden O'Connell. Woo! Congratulations, Al Michaels. The matchup we never thought we'd get. Uh, Jedrick Wills also is going to be done for the season. The left tackle for the Cleveland Browns as he is having arthroscopic surgery this morning on his knee. And the Browns, of course, in playoff contention as well. You bring up Al Michaels. Al, and I think the network's telling him, you might be done, buddy. As NBC last year, you know, NBC runs multiple wild card games and they had al and kirk Herbstreit do one of their wild card matchups well this year well that turn it was actually tony dungy
3: it was I tony remember. dungy and yeah al. They, and they and they everybody was complaining that it was it was and it was an exciting game it was, a, I
4: think it, was it was a charge Ch- the chargers yeah, game yeah. maybe the best game of wild card weekend yeah. well the network told al we're not going to have you back to do the wild card weekend uh they're going to go with noah eagle instead i and son so, gosh, what I said beast, it. I said
0: dude. it a couple of weeks ago when he had been openly complaining, like they're go- they're not going to let this continue. He, he he had hit he's hit rock bottom where he does not care and he's annoyed with stuff. He he's not the same announcer that he was, and instead of like going gracefully, like a lot of announcers do, like I'm just going to slow down and maybe you don't want me on the national call anymore, but here I am on the local call. <laughs> I'm doing a great job in my 80s. He's like, dang it, this is stupid. You know this game yeah. sucks, and you know, it's obvious his attitude shifted from being an iconic dude to like a bitter man. He
5: could probably pivot to baseball, and you know most people wouldn't even care. You, you know, know Bob slow it out. down. Yeah, Bob I mean Vin, gets Vin, a lot of crap. I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't know how like energ, energized Vince Scully was till his final broadcast, but he was getting still all the love, and I'm sure that was just a, a you know a, a slow tempo. Situation, maybe yeah. he was grandfathered in with just the fact that he was Vince Scully, but yeah, you can you can tell the lack of excitement from him, and it's a bummer because I grew up. He was like my Monday Night Football voice, you know, like yeah. he, oh, he was sure. he was that guy for, for me. me it like was Pat he was,
4: Summerall, and then it was Al Michaels, yeah,
5: yeah, and, and so then I, Keith like Jackson in the mix. I just missed most of that Summerall stuff. So like Al Michaels, like me and my dad, we 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 loved Al Michaels, but you can tell there's not much. In the way of enthusiasm, no. when he's on these calls yeah, it seems like he doesn't want to be
4: there. And if that's the case, then yeah, retire. I mean, eight one seven. I support this Bye, Al. Uh, Dude, but it's but sad. Noah Eagle and I get the uh, you know. Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge. By the way, that'll be your team working that wild card game.
5: I understand, like his dad, Ian, and so he might have gotten some favors along the way. But at 26 years oh, old, no, he's to a be really call, good, oh, and he's really no, good. He, he is. He is totally, he's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I know people will do the nepotism thing. Sure. I mean, but, they did it
4: with Joe Buck as well. But yeah. Joe
5: turned out to be really good. But he, I mean, Noah Eagle is the real deal. And at 26 years old, yeah. to be calling NFL playoff games good on NBC him. is one of the coolest things. Well, Blackledge really
4: did their Big Ten game on NBC every every okay. week, right? That was his yeah. responsibility. That makes had, sense. Yeah. Uh, now, we had a historic Monday Night Football, really two games at the same time, of course, but Tommy Ketlitz, who is the new Linsanity of 2023, he became the first undrafted rookie quarterback in NFL history to win three straight starts without an interception, first undrafted rookie quarterback with 100-plus passer rating in three straight starts, most rushing yards by an undrafted rookie quarterback in a game with 71 First Giants quarterback to win three straight starts with 100 plus passer rating and zero interceptions since Tony Romo. Fran Tarkenton in 1970 and the third rookie quarterback since 1970 to win three straight starts with 100 plus rating and zero interceptions. And the first since Dak Prescott. Prescott. So uh, what a run for Tommy Cutlets and the entire DeVito family and his agent. Who's been making the rounds, dude? His
5: agent stole the show last night.
3: Really did. Actually, I think that
4: what stole the show. Did you see the spread they threw in the parking lot at yes. the tailgate? I actually have some stats on Holy that for football's finest. I know yeah. his cousin it was, it was made like special. a hundred plus handmade sandwiches, and his cousin's oh. name is Danny Devito. It's
5: pretty amazing. It's
4: crazy. Uh, the Titans, of course, stunning the Colts. One of the most improbable comebacks we've seen in the last twenty seasons. Teams were previously three in two thousand and seventy four went down 14-plus points in the final three minutes. And the Titans became one of those now well, the, four teams as they came back to win it. Their win probability, I think, was the second lowest
3: in the in the history of uh, next-gen sport uh, stats. I think it was at 4%. The number one I read... I think it was 0. .4. 0. .4. That's what I meant. I'm sorry, 0. .4%. And that was when the score was 27-13 to 13 with 30, 3.08 left in regulation. It's the second most statistically improbable comeback in this era of the next-gen stats. Number one, by the way, was when the Jets came back over the Browns, and that one was at uh, at point two eight five percent That was week Gosh. two in 2022. That's crazy.
5: Yeah, and, and this is the first time a team has done that. You mentioned three teams have done that out of like a few thousand opportunities. Yeah. This is the first one to do it, it just in regulation, not needing overtime not yeah, to amazing. win. And shout-out to Mike Vrabel, Getting ahead of things with a two-point conversion there when yeah. a lot of people were probably like, wow, he doesn't necessarily need to, what's the deal? Well, that put him over the top right there to say, okay, we're actually going to win the game when we score the touchdown with an extra point here and instead of tie it and then go to overtime and nope. see what happens he kind of do deal. He did what
4: Riverboat Ron would not do, and uh, she, they, they were able to overcome the special teams' woes. So it continues to be an issue. Mike McDaniel, of course, asked about, why are you throwing the football instead of running it? And he said, well, I thought throwing it would work, and it didn't. So hindsight, obviously, I look like an idiot.
5: <laughs> he is funny with the way he answers some of that. But, uh, I mean, he ran it on first and second down. And then on third down, now you you have to throw it. I would argue you should have thrown it beforehand. And if you were going to run it on first and second down, at least have Tyreek Hill on the field as a threat to maybe
4: they will throw the football. Yes, and it's funny. Uh, so Tyreek Hill, of course, had an injury uh, to his ankle. And now I mentioned he's day to day. So he initially walks across the field and he's saying, man, my, uh, you know, his ankles really hurt when it happened. My first reaction was like, my ankle's gone. My adrenaline kicked in, ran off the field. Then I sat for a while, got stiff and I was going through a lot of pain. Then I just made up my mind. I came in at halftime. I texted my wife. I was like, this bleep hurt. I need an ankle massage tonight, and she replies, "You'd better get your ass back in the game, dog." <laughs> I was like, "All right."
5: <laughs> Gosh, I hope that is like—I hope that's a direct quote from the wife, right there.
4: Man, you think that's football or ball sack?
5: I'm I'm going uh, I'm going football here. I think it's football. I think that's legit, dude, because because he's married to uh, the former Texas Longhorn and New Orleans Saint Kenny Vaccaro's sister. Uh, so she's like a football family. Yes. She's seen her brother go through tough things. So she's she's probably got you know not much in the way of sympathy when if, if football she's got a injuries track take back place.
4: Background. Imagine those kids. The speed that they will have. It's a good call. That is amazing genetics right there. Uh, I, I guarantee he
0: said that. You know. Yeah. I mean, he, he's amazing. And uh, I I think that's the encouragement that every wife needs to give a husband (laughs) when he calls back out on the field, dog. Yeah,
3: (laughs) like you know what? Okay, such an
4: amazing response. You're right, honey. Absolutely. All right, uh, Patrick Mahomes.
3: She's thinking about the playoff money. I mean, excuse me, the MVP money. She knows that's an extra oh, that's kick in my bones. Yeah,
5: she needs that 2,000 <laughs> 2, yards, yeah, that yeah, record. That,
3: yeah. You get the MVP there. She, well, she gets like she, a $500,000 bonus.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Plus, she's bragging to her friends about you. Yeah. You know?
3: Yeah. yeah. She's sitting in the stands yeah. like, he, he I can't have like, you sitting <laughs> out, yeah, honey. It's yeah. Monday Night Football. You're making me I'm look sugar. bad right now. Everybody's watching. Could you see her like sitting in the box, you know? She's just texting away like. She's angry texting. Calling them P-words. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, get your ass on the field. She goes down waiting for him in the tunnel. You know. Well, get speaking of the, the
4: P word, a lot of people were referring to Patrick Mahomes. Is that after his outburst on Sunday? After Give the, the dude outside, a break. Don't. Have you never been upset before? Yeah. I mean, I know no one listening here has ever actually been
5: at the height of competition <laughs> and, oh, and done or said things that uh, maybe they I've wouldn't have, have many said. Intense
4: beer pong match in a
5: rational moment. Has anyone here in their entire lives been irrationally mad yeah, and looked? Looking back afterwards, I, you said, yeah, I was probably misplaced my anger there, which he did. Everything he said after that game and during that
4: game was perfect if it had only been
5: directed at Kadarius Toney right, and not the referees.
4: Absolutely. Well, he went on a local radio there in Kansas City, uh, the flagship home of the Chiefs, and he has since apologized.
3: Well, I think there's some carryover from the previous weeks. Of the previous, yes, dude. This is pent up. Well, that yeah, they they they. they oh no doubt, the this, has been, game, this has been this has been built up. Non pass interference call in that game. I mean, he was kind of like, you know, I, all right. I was nice last week. Yeah, I'm not going to be nice this time. Well, around. Well, so here here's Mahomes' apologies. What he said.
0: You now obviously you don't want to react that way. I just, I mean, I care, man. I love it. I love I love this game. I love my teammates, and I, I want to go out there and put everything on the line to win. Um, but uh, obviously can't can't do that. I mean, can't be that way towards officials or really anybody in, in life um, so I uh, probably regret acting like that um, but more than anything I think mean, re- I regretted the way I, I acted towards uh, Josh after the game because he had nothing, nothing to do with it and um, so I, I was uh, I, I was still hot and emotional um, but you can't do that man it's not a great example uh, and, uh, for, for kids watching
2: the game so uh, that, that, I was more upset about that than I was about me on the sideline
4: you're emotional in the moment. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And then now you've had time to let it kind of sink in, and you Well, he saw the thoughts. tape, and he clearly saw the guy was offsides. Yeah, that's tr- that's also true. <laughs> yeah, like, he, he oh, sat crap. down and he watched. Goes, oh,
3: he Tony is. Tony a- really bleeped this one up he for is, us. He is offsides. Okay,
0: it's part of why he's so successful. You know, when you when you the, when you find the, the the greats, oftentimes like something is just wrong with the universe when they win. They expect it so completely that from time to time they freak out when they don't win, you know, especially a guy like Mahomes that's had so much success. He has not had any practice at all being in this spot where suddenly your teammates just aren't enough and the the, the league has answers for
4: you. Now. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Going back to Tommy Cullets, they're actually reshowing the uh, Packers-Giants game where the Giants did win last night. Here was Brian Dayball's reaction, what he said post-game uh, to Tommy DeVito on the game-winning drive. What was the conversation like uh, with Tommy on the last drive trying to keep his composure and stuff together. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that. He keeps his composure. There was really nothing. Here's a couple plays we like. Go out there and rip that son of a
1: bitch. (laughs) Pretty simple.
4: (laughs) Pretty simple. (laughs) It's it's amazing. Like, this team just seemed like, all right, they were dead in the water with Daniel Jones. And all of a sudden, here comes this kid that nobody had heard of unless you were a fan of Illinois football. And they're all rallying. And Syracuse, too. Uh, Syracuse, both, there you both, go, both both, both, both both orange squads. Both orange squads. You're a yeah. fan of the orange. You yeah. knew DeVito, and here he is, and uh, really, they, they got a chance to make the postseason. It's unbelievable. I mean, do we think they will? No, but they're alive.
5: Yeah, they are. They got a heartbeat, and it's exciting that well, they're going to get two cracks at the Eagles. That's
4: what
3: I'm saying. You want them playing hard against Philadelphia? Maybe they can steal one of those. Yeah, I mean, they, that'd be amazing. Yeah,
4: that would be. Speaking nice. of Philadelphia, Deshaun Jackson was on uh, Up and Adam's show yesterday after the Cowboys' 20-point victory. Kay asked. He loves himself. He loves himself. And, of course, Deshaun Jackson was a Cowboy killer throughout the majority of his career. I think he's still wanting to try and get back into the league. He just had his retirement as an Eagle. He's a little upset and offended that people are still wearing his jersey there in Philadelphia. But uh, Kay asked him, would you ever play for the Cowboys?
2: The Cowboys, a team that you would never play for. I got a lot of friends that are are like diehard Cowboys fans, and they like, D, just tell Jerry, I'm gonna call Jerry up and go. I'm, Do you have I'll Jerry's calling like, No, my boys be saying they got they don't have it, but I'm like, they be like, I'm gonna call him up and get you signed. I'm like, I don't, that, that's one team I don't really think I could play for, but like, you know, if they called him, you know, have some money for me. You know, some money. Right. Call the money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Man. I'm like... <laughs> I think if you go back to the Eagles, you have to take that number ten from the punter. The punter's wearing your number. Man, tell... do you see that? How Talk like, to like, me. Come on, that's just that. That's low key that's disrespectful. disrespectful. <laughs> that's low key. Oh you God. had a punter wearing D. number. Like, oh my gosh. But I mean, I'll, I guess I'm not as special as I thought I was. Man, God dang. You think <laughs> fu- it's just re- that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. And I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not. No disrespect to the punter whose name evades ob- me right now. What is Man. it? I forget the name of the punter. But but uh, they had a few guys in my number, though. They had Mitchell in my jersey. I mean, it feels It's like, come on. When you see Philly Eagle ten, like it's only supposed to be I don't you know. You got. You're you here saying you'd go play for Jerry Jones. I don't think they're ever giving you that ten back. Oh my God. No, <laughs> I know. Uh, shoot. Now I might consider going to play for them now, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> I think
3: a ten for the Eagles. I think a Corey Detmer.
4: There you go. I mean, I don't. I that's not something that I even thought. Played me of. a
0: couple of fantasy games back in the day, Back in the day two thousand one. Yeah. Let's go to Sean Jackson. You don't need yeah.
4: your number retired, bro. You're thinking a little too highly. Of yourself I don't think there. they retired Harold Carmichael's number, yeah. he, and he's like, a, stop. Yeah. Okay. Stop. Now, I would if I was the Chiefs, I might give him a call. He might be able to help Kansas City. How old is my guy now? Is he right, thirty-seven? Is he up there? Because he still can. He still motor. He can still run. Yeah. Of, course of course he it. can. I mean, he's got to be better than what yeah, they are trotting out there for the Chiefs right now.
5: Just turn thirty-seven. I'd
4: call T.O. Man, I'd call Tio before I called Deshaun Jackson. They got to do something. Now, they are getting Justin Ross back off of suspension, so maybe he can help. That would be so epic People to watch 50-year-old
0: T.O. jog out there in his Hall of Fame jacket. He catches from the real one this time.
4: Woo, come <laughs> on, Patty, throw me the ball.
0: Right on. Thank you, Wolchuck. NFL News today, most afternoons, 3 o'clock. C note, why Cowboys fans need to show a little more respect for the sport of soccer. It's not just the kicker. It's somebody else. That's next here. The G Back Nation on 105.3. The fan Call from mom. Answer it. Shoot you. Yeah. Welcome back. It is the G Bag Nation here on 1053 The Fan. Hope you're having a fantastic day. We'll deliver the C note here, the Cowboys news of the evening. Man, uh NBA trade chatter coming up at 440, and this thing's starting to get interesting. Okay, you have uh Toronto talking about Siakam and Ananobi being available. Hmm. And you want to talk about wing players. Now, I think you need one wing and one big this team could win the championship. I, I I really believe it's it's there for the taking. Pretty dang soon for the Mavericks, if they make the right trades, if they make the right moves. I think both of those, for me to be sure they will pull them off, is probably going to take this uh, trade deadline and next summer. But I, I think going into next year, this team's going to look like champions on paper. You guys buying or selling? It's time for that Vegas money to go to work. You know what I'm saying? I'm buying Ooh, that. Yeah, I'm yeah. buying.
5: I am. Yeah, I am. I am.
0: I'm buying that. Cause
5: this is this is already a good spot. Now you're just looking at okay, what are the finish, finishing touches to what is already a pretty nice situation that you have going on here with young guys that are continuing to develop and Derek Lively. I think he's on pace to potentially have the highest field goal percentage in all of basketball history with the way he's rocking right now. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm with you on that, dude. There, there are one or one or two pieces, and it probably will take this deadline and the summer to really get it all together. But I still think we're in store for a really fun. You know, second half of the NBA season when it comes to footballs put to bed, the Mavs are going to keep us alive for a while. Yeah, I
4: mean, their win last night I thought was really impressive. I mean, Luca and Derek Lively, to your point, but you're super hurt. You don't, you got a lot of guys out, and then you got Lively going 16 for 16. Luca early in that game kind of settles everybody down. They have that huddle, they have that moment. I mean, I thought that was a pretty impressive victory statement type of win last night, shorthanded.
0: Indeed, it was. And now I, I think. Grant Williams, Derek Lively, they go in with Luka and Kyrie like, hey, here are your championship players that yeah. you know can stay healthy, can play extended minutes, and, um, you know, can keep up with the other championship level role players and, and and starters on other teams. That's really what it's about, I believe, and it's a multi-year process to transition from what they were with Luka, and, you know, the, the cast-offs from a tank team, that's what it was, and I think they let that go on way too long into Luka's career, but to me, that's part of uh, why I was so happy when Mark Cuban decided to sell. Okay, uh, segment here is brought to you by the Frankels. Life's unpredictable accident has happened. Franklin Frankel, the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in DFW. If you're a loved one has been in an accident, contact Franklin Frankel for a free consultation. 214 or 817-333-3333. Go to truckwreck.com. Got a little cowboy stock report here uh, coming off that Eagles win, a lot of this stock is uh, flying high, including Stephon Gilmore. That we're going to find out more about MVP of the game. Even though Brandon Aubrey hit three from fifty plus, including fifty eight and, and sixty, Gilmore had uh, you know great career before coming to the Cowboys. How, how much more of this can we expect of Gilmore? You know, an, an older player, we see it from LeBron elevating himself in the biggest moments. Is that a preview of like playoff Gilmore?
4: I think so. I mean, I, I think you started to see the trust that they have in him where DK Metcalf on Duron Bland was clearly a matchup that was not good for Bland. And D, DQ says, all right, I need to change this up. I'm going to put Gilmore on Metcalf. And all of a sudden now DK is not having those same results. And then last week they decided, all right, the bigger receiver – go ahead and take A.J. Brown, who's the number one there for Philadelphia statistically, even though as as, uh, Brian watches the tape and he knows, hey, in trouble situations, Jalen Hurts wants to go to Devontae Smith, but that proved to be a great matchup for Deron Bland, who shut down Devontae Smith. So uh, I think you can trust Gilmore. I think that he is such a cerebral, high-IQ player that even though he doesn't run as well uh, at this stage in his career, his body positioning, Mm -hmm. his strength— that's something where later in his career, he's showing that that's not going to be a detriment for him. I don't know that you sign him to like a super long term deal, but if he's willing to do one year deals, I would love to bring him back.
3: I think you're going to have to think about something because what we've seen from the Cowboys when these players come off injuries, especially major injuries, it takes them time. And we saw it with Pollard, we've seen it with Steele. You know, I, I don't think you can. I think you have to protect yourself, you know, if you think like, well, we can, we can get by, we'll go get somebody else and then we'll, we'll have a, you know, we'll do bland and we'll do, you know, I, I just, I just don't feel like that they, I don't feel like they can, they they want to do that because you just don't know what's going to happen with Diggs coming back off that knee. It could take him some time, you know, and you, you just don't want to put yourself in a bad spot, uh, you know, just having to wait for him to play back to the level he once was and then have to get somebody else ready. I I, I would try to see if you can get Gilmore one more time around and maybe that'll be the bridge uh, that allows you to to have uh, you know to get digs you know, ready as you need to get him ready.
0: Well, Gilmore's quite a story, you know, and to see him play at that level has me excited. Uh, I know it's kind of matchup dependent, but man, when you can have your way with, uh, you know, the protection for the quarterback and and you have guys having to throw early, I think it really plays into Gilmore's hands. And maybe in those kind of environments, he can still very much be an elite player. There was an interview that uh, Blogging the Boys is kind of recapping because everybody's excited about Gilmore. It's from uh, an interview with a, a uh, gentleman named Tom Joyce, founder of Built, not born, um, and uh, he is he's trained athletes of all kinds in the United Kingdom for for years. So it was, um, you know, the the trainer in England talking about how Stephon Gilmore came over there in the off season to watch Wimbledon, needed a workout, and somebody recommended that he go work out with Tom Joyce. So. Um, uh, the, the the training methods inside that anyway really interesting read but the training methods that that he went through getting an opportunity to work with a world class trainer who usually works soccer players was kind of the the theme of the story and I think the two sports are incredibly similar you know obviously they're both named football and I think they they the football evolved from soccer and there's um, you know quite a quite a lot of like uh, cross training I think that applies as far as things you can learn with footwork especially in the world of soccer that translate incredibly well to to football and, and basketball. I, I think I'd encourage pretty much every young athlete of any kind to also train soccer just because of the coordination and the the dexterity that it takes to develop to, to work that ball and also keep moving in the same direction. It's yeah. applicable to a lot of different sports. Uh, okay, uh, elsewhere here in the stock report there, after that little interlude there over to Stephon Gilmore. Brian, we have Donovan Wilson up. Every defense needs an enforcer. The Cowboys yeah. appear to have a few, but Donovan Wilson set the tone on Sunday night in dominating fashion. Blogging the boys give Donovan Wilson a stock up. We need him to get back to playing his best football. Yeah,
3: absolutely. We. And I, I think that I think all the safeties were really stock up. And when you looked at, they needed they needed these guys to play well with all the crossing routes and things, the underneath stuff that the Eagles like to do, the pick routes, things. They, they they navigated that game really well. They tackled well. They were in position to make plays. Uh, they weren't out of you know that's the thing you always worry about you know we've seen it the last couple of weeks with Donovan Wilson though uh, you know the pass that went inside to Medcalf you know what were his eyes telling him to do why did he step up but they they were they were on the screws uh, Malik Hooker I mean the play he made uh, on really like a little like a little corner route that uh, that Smith he just ripped it out of his hands on the way down Bland his beat on the play but Hooker saw it the whole way got in position that's how they're going to have to play down the stretch. They're going to need those guys when they get into position to try and and save a play. They need to go up and make it, and and they they did a great job of helping with the turnovers, helping with the coverages, and then tackling well in space.
5: Yeah, if you if you get uh, the Donovan Wilson of old for the rest of the way, that, that is really really exciting for the defense because I do think he is when it comes to like the tone setter. The dog, the yep. physical mentality, he, like he's he's always just smacking people, and he's he's been like throughout his career with the Cowboys, he's kind of he's a splash play dude. Yeah, he forces Here's, a lot of turnovers, like big hits that result in some kind of turnovers or right. just get the defense going. And he has not yeah. been himself this year, and that's that's hindered the defense. Still been a really good defense, but. It's it's guys like Donovan Wilson that take it to another level, and so it was it was
0: amazing. What a total bright spot to see him the other night. Another guy who who flashed um, this past week after you know struggling at times was Michael Gallup. He gets a stock up, had the touchdown, had the big play at the end of the game as well. A couple of good highlights there. At this point, you know I'm sort of convinced that he is not going to be back with the Cowboys next year. Uh, I think you know this is has really been a, a struggle type of year, and I do not believe he is going to have many more of these kind of games. You know, I mean, that's a really a great pick play, and then kind of a I'm going to run and, and catch one behind the defense. We're not seeing any of the old Michael Gallup stuff. This guy used to be able to come across the field, use his body to shield it, yak after the catch, and, you know, it's just not there anymore.
4: He's just doing the dirty work now, really. I mean, that that was a great play to see. That was kind of a glimpse, and, and we've seen some flashes this year, but consistently you're right. He's basically rec- Noah Brown. The receiving aspect of yeah. it, yeah. I mean, he's now, that that's exactly the role that he's filling yeah. right now because he's become an outstanding blocker. And it's something where, you know, Christy Scales, when she was in for Brad Sham on the Cowboys hour, and they had Gavante Turpin on, you know, some of the plays that get them most hyped on the sideline is the little things like that. It's not necessarily the catch that Gallup made. It's the seal block that he has on the side mm-hmm. on a, on a, you know, a crack toss yeah. that ends up allowing Pollard to go for twenty. Jet sweeps. Absolutely. Yeah, the, 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 the one the on selfless play yeah yeah it, him I think Tolbert you
5: saw really getting after it from a blocking standpoint it's not the sexiest thing when it comes to the receivers but it's something that's hugely important in San Francisco I, yeah hugely important in Miami I saw like a little coaches break down like their favorite play of a game uh and it was Mike McDaniel a few weeks ago and it was like they, it was a fireworks show Dolphins mm. do their thing and it wasn't one of those huge sexy plays it was just watch Jalen Waddle here blocking on the outside as a wide receiver and mm. it just got his coach fired up and you know yeah. it's a it's a huge point of emphasis with the Niners offense you know know it is in Miami as well and if the Cowboys have gotten that as a part of their you know identity where the receivers are sitting there loving each other blocking down the field that goes such a long way for an offense
3: yeah I I, this is absolutely this those are the things in a film room when they're all watching it's even more important than lamb and those guys making catches they stop the film and acknowledge the fact that these guys on the edge you know the, the play is has success because of some of these blocks that, and Gallup has done it, if they were given helmet stickers, you know, he might not have many helmet stickers for catches, but he'd have some helmet stickers for some blocks that he's thrown down the field.
0: The last stock up is Jake Ferguson, and I only do this because I want a prediction from you guys, like how far, farther up can this go?
3: That could be a Pro Bowl tight end right there. That could be one of the top tight ends in the league. When When you watch athletic ability, you watch the ability with him run after catch, the toughness he plays with the way he goes and gets the football he makes highlight plays as a tight end you know when you watch him at wisconsin you're kind of like going wow they kind of holding him back here maybe i don't know just kind of looks like a pretty normal guy but then with the cowboys they found ways to get him involved and he makes a ton of big plays we oh, all see that yeah
5: he he's probably Probably my favorite player on the team this year just for the, the energy that he's brought to the team. And there's there's a difference. We've seen – we all know what a little security blanket tight end is. We've seen it for years here. Uh, but this is a weapon at the tight end position. And, like, he's he's legit. Like, I, I'm I'm thinking a ceiling of, like, top five tight end in the NFL yeah, I for think, sure. Yeah, yeah, top
4: three even. I mean, there's yeah. not a ton of good ones. You see Travis Kelsey, you know, how, mu- how much longer is he going to play? Brandon Laurie, who does an excellent job of b- blocking the boys – First in targets over the last two weeks. Third in yards. Is this for tight ends? Second in receptions among all tight ends. All tight ends, okay. Uh, first in yards after catch with 109. Okay. I mean, the, the the dude's been absolutely incredible.
0: Hurdle the guy again, and I, I think it was a George Kittle play as he's bouncing off dudes like a pinball up the middle, like punishing multiple guys as he just keeps staying on his feet. Uh You know, I'd say multiple Pro Bowls and maybe an All-Pro or two. Like, that would be the the ceiling um, for right now. But who knows how we could change in year three? You know, who knows how much more muscle he can add to his body as well, especially as he moves into his twenties. Time now for football's finest chief. Where are you taking us?
5: The NFL's evil Santa Claus and a college football recruiting tactic that'll put a smile on your face next year in the nation.
0: Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League. All- Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month.
1: Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game.
0: Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Yeah, thank you, Lucius. It is the GBAC Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. Hope you're having a fantastic day on this Tuesday. Coming up uh, at 4 o'clock, we have a, a special... Birthday guest joining the show here in honor of Brian Broaddus turning 60. Time now for football's finest. Here's the chief. We really did see the, the greatest tailgate spread in football history, maybe
5: sports history, last night for Monday Night Football. We're sitting here doing the show, and we're seeing videos surfacing online from MetLife Stadium where it was just, I mean, a ridiculous amount of Italian food. Like just, Tony
4: Soprano's family showed up to watch the Giants.
5: Yes, dude, and I, I couldn't tell if they were if they were selling like chicken cutlet sandwiches to Giants fans walking by, or if it was just like free handouts. I think but it, it was, was a
3: giveaway. It was mm. giveaway. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it, was, it was it
5: was Tommy DeVito's family. Wow. Uh, just all, just bunch of tables, just tables lined up, and it's it reminded me of the Thanksgiving G Bag of the Day Italian Thanksgiving that we played yeah. uh, after Thanksgiving just a couple of weeks ago, where they're just going down, and it's just an endless amount
4: of food. No potatoes. And, and we forgot the mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah. and Somebody forgot the effing mashed potatoes. <laughs> Some Chinese rice that my sister brought.
5: Yeah, and it, and it wasn't. Uh, this was just straight Italian last night. They, they they weren't they weren't coloring outside the lines with a bunch <laughs> of different stuff. It was really just looked like there was a handful mm. of pastas. But uh, the,
0: now, what's a chicken cutlet sandwich? Is that like a chicken parm sandwich? It yeah. uh
5: yeah it, it very very much yeah. so is very with much cheese so on it and sauce. Yeah, you got oh. the cheese, the sauce. So- I mean, it's I love how that sauce soaks into the bread, dude, dude. It's phenomenal. Sets it off. It's phenomenal. I mean, it's like uh, like a meatball sub, but instead it's like fried chicken. I kind of want chickens. some. Fried you chicken. want one of those for your birthday, <laughs> <laughs> It's
4: Fried chicken.
3: I would rather. I tell you what. I would rather. Uh, I'd rather a veal parmesan is what
4: I'd. I mean, Forty-one thirty-one chicken. North Central Expressway. It's really yeah. good. Let's get yeah. Brian really a good. veal parmesan. And yeah. I,
5: I am a, a meat guy through and through, as you guys know. But if you if you get a a really dialed in um, eggplant. eggplant parmesan, yeah. Oh my. God. Gosh.
4: I've been too nervous to try an eggplant As you should be.
5: You should be skeptical every should time I? you see it. Unless, you're, unless you're in my mom's kitchen. All right. okay. Because okay. that's the only good I'll one wait, I've actually I'll had. I'll to taste your mom's. Uh, you, yes, yes. Well, well, I'll, I'll make sure that happens because it's really, really good. But I'm seeing the numbers come out on this tailgate. It looks like it was 300 chicken cutlet sandwiches Jeez. personally handcrafted by Tommy's cousin, uh, uh, who, of course, goes by the name Danny DeVito. That's real. <laughs> Not the same Danny DeVito, but my dear God, they've got I to mean, be cousins. They are right. just aggressively Somehow. Italian. Yeah. This, De, this DeVito family, and I'm here for it. Uh, but it's and it's perfect. Like it, it's it's right there. It's New York. It's his hometown. Like they are feeding off of this, and I don't know how long this is going to last for Tommy and his family. But they are appreciating every moment. Yeah, I mean, my gosh, they're like, hey, we might get a handful more games of our guys starting here. Yeah. Let, let's let's ride this out, and if we're going to be handing out right. chicken cutlet sandwiches on Monday night football, so damn be it. I mean, if you really want to be a legend, you got to beat the Eagles, right?
4: Yes, They'll always yes, be just talking beat the about Eagles one time, please, Tommy Cutlets. The year that Tommy
5: yeah. Cutlets made the Eagles a wild card, one and done playoff. What if team? I told yeah.
4: you a kid from South Jersey knocked off the Dirty Birds to give the Cowboys the one well, seed, and
5: then it propelled it propelled Tommy DeVito for a game winning drive and ending the perfect resume of the Green Bay Packer head coach Matt Lafleur. 16 and
3: zero in December. I think he was sixteen, he was 16 and zero 16 and 0. Yeah, sixteen and zero in December as a head coach. Yeah, Gosh. make it
0: sixteen and one. Is he more Kurt Warner, Vincent Papali, or Jeremy Lynn? Oh my gosh! I think probably. he's 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 Lin and Papali. Papali. <laughs> yeah.
5: yeah, he's Lin and Papali. It's not going to
4: last long. Yeah, he's, but he's also like the hometown hero right now. We're not doing greatest
5: show on turf stuff. Yeah, I, I don't probably think, not a
4: hall of famer. Probably not a hall of famer. Probably
5: not. Uh, you know, the guy that's going to be trolling Bobby Belt for all of the football world to see about Sluggos and whatnot. <laughs> Uh, so I don't think he's he's a Kurt Warner guy, but it's pretty special. And uh, it it, it, it's been fun to to watch him, especially since like there's the, the Giants aren't a real threat to really do anything. I know they're technically still in the playoff hunt, uh, but right That's now it's like, story. yeah, it's like, okay. Just keep
3: playing hard. That's all I ask. Yes. Just keep playing hard.
5: Now we saw DK Metcalf on Sunday get ejected. And it was basically Metcalf, he's upset. Drew Locke throws an interception. You know, the inevitable Drew Locke interception. And Metcalf is smashing his helmet on the sidelines and whatnot. Then the next drive, Metcalf, you know, who's a superhuman physically, uh, suplexes the Niners linebacker, Fred Warner. And then all of a sudden you get the the brawls. It's going and uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. He's ejected. Okay. Well, Michael Silver brought us this guy. Chopping up with him and Oxnard from Great time dude. to time, San Francisco Chronicle. Apparently, that's exactly what Kyle Shanahan dialed up in the week leading up to the game. He showed, uh, he showed and told his players before the game that he expected Metcalf's going to blow his lid here. Like, we can see it. And so, in the week leading up to the game, he showed the team video of past incidents and said, like, we'll get to 14 and we'll make sure he loses his mind. Let's go. And then Shanahan made a promise. The evil Christmas Santa genius that he is. A Christmas present for whoever gets him. Hmm. So, Fred Warner... Will be gifted. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. He's going to have a nice surprise under that Christmas tree, courtesy of Mr. Evil Santa, Kyle Shanahan.
0: Well, I suppose DK Metcalf has an offseason project on his hands then. You know, we got to get a handle of this. We can't be this predictable. Surprise, Niners talking about it you know that's something you want to put in the back pocket for the rest of uh the decade the rest of Metcalf's career right
5: the, the, the Niners are playing with such confidence right now Nick <laughs> Bosa
0: steps up and he's like
5: that's the blueprint for the Eagles uh yeah. we just gave it to you I hope the Cowboys like everybody knows this is what we're going to do when we play the Eagles we see him again this is how you do it they, they don't they don't seem to be maybe he's be tipping off Metcalf
0: anything. like bro you're out of control you got the Eagles coming up reel it in we're yeah. going to need you to be disciplined. Ooh, ooh I like okay. that idea. Dude, that's double e- evil genius, isn't there, it? Let this be rock yeah. bottom
4: for you, DK. That's smart. Yeah, smart. There really isn't a more crotch first team, though, than the Niners. Like, when they're winning, I mean, I listening to the pregame show before the Cowboy game, they thought they were God's gift to football. And then yeah. they go on the three-game losing streak. I was so happy. But when they're winning, they are crotch first. You see when they come out with their boom box? They oh, get yeah. Big, that
3: big boom box that they come out. It, it, that that I tell you what,
4: that's a, that is a crotch
3: first team right there. Well,
5: I mean, and they have every right to be with sure. with how dominant they've been. So I totally understand. It'll make it that much sweeter uh, when somebody, hopefully the Cowboys, ends that season a, a little bit early. That'd be pretty fun. Stephen Ruiz, football guy at the Ringer, is like the one guy who is extremely anti-Purdy when it comes to like mm-hmm. him being a super top flight quarterback and being the MVP. And he's got like this this whole Twitter thread today of just going through different advanced metrics to show you why Brock Purdy really isn't all that great and he's being helped by so many things. But one of them that I saw from Ben Solek that was interesting when it comes to Purdy and the Niners is the explosive play rate 20 or more yards is second to only uh, the 2013 version of Michael Vick for the single-season explosive play rate dating back to 2000. So, like, we're seeing extremely high and often explosive plays out of Brock Purdy in this passing game. But on the explosive plays, Purdy is averaging uh, a uh, slightly over 15 air yards per attempt, which puts him, like, towards the very back of quarterbacks when it comes to explosive plays. Uh, So, like, they're getting the explosive plays, but it's not because they're just... Airmailing it, it In a huge way. Yeah, it's so much of what the design allows for players to be open. And then the, you know, the great skill set of all these guys with the ball in their hands doing so much for them. So there's a lot of things that illustrate like, hey, Purdy, you definitely do things well, and you are better than Jimmy Garoppolo. But are you actually the MVP? Are you doing more than what like a Dak Prescott's doing or, you know, whatever MVP candidate quarterbacks out there right now? Probably not. Uh, so I thought that was an interesting one there on Purdy, uh, and then I think this is probably one of the coolest one of the coolest recruiting tactics I've seen, where you have Dion and the Colorado Buffaloes losing their main recruiter guy, and he's gone to Syracuse. Yes, and so they had, uh, but uh, Colorado had this five star
3: Tim Brewster's the man's name. Tim Brewster is the recruiter. Yeah, Tim Brewster, yeah.
5: That, that seems to be a pretty big loss for Dion right there. Everywhere
3: he's been, he's done a pretty nice job of recruiting. That's he's one of the he's one of the best in the country.
5: Well, Dion and, and this guy at Colorado had this four star prospect one of the best edge rushers in the country who's getting ready to declare. He's got scholarship offers from basically anybody. He can go anywhere, but Syracuse just hosted him because now that recruiter is at Syracuse. Right. And so he's like, hey, you liked me in Colorado. You might like me in Syracuse. And so this this kid, King Joseph Edwards, I believe that's actually his name, King Joseph Edwards. Good name. And uh, he he tweeted out a video being inside the dome, the Syracuse football dome, and it's a five-star hibachi setup. Mm. And it's just a, a, a hibachi hey. for you and yours oh, right there in front bro, of them, inside yes. of the stadium. And I've never seen that before. And this kid, I mean, he tweeted out so much about it. Like, I can't believe they treated me this awesome. Hibachi in the dome. What an experience. I'll never forget it. And I love it. And this is the lengths that these guys are going to have to go, these programs in this transfer portal. Yeah. You know, everybody's trying to figure out how to get some talent here. You got to really start to crank up the creativity on the recruiting. A Hibachi. Yeah. For for, for yeah. you and your family inside the dome? I mean, that's getting it done for you, Broadus. Sure, I know for sure Yeah, but I'm I,
4: committing on the spot.
5: I think Walchuk, yes. He's trying to figure out how he can get back in uh, some eligibility. Woo!
3: I think I'd be the guy to give the guy a 20 and say, just make the shrimp fried rice and let's go. <laughs>
0: yeah.
5: That's oh, it. Oh,
3: you have done that before. I, I don't need the volcano thing. I don't need you flipping <laughs> the shrimp tails into your hat.
5: That's what you're paying for, I man. Don't need the, the presentation, I the bells need, and whistles. I don't need
3: the clackety-clack of the uh, the uh, cookware. I want I to just, see I him just,
5: flipping, you know, I I
3: just want it, yeah. His I, utensils
5: in the air. I want him flipping shrimp
3: in my want mouth. It. I don't want him spinning the egg and cutting it in half. I just hey. Yeah. Get the, get it together and let's go. Get it together. Oh no,
5: man, the, the hibachi is about the uh, it's about the experience. Do you see the video of the guy that went viral last week who who brought his own tortillas to I the did. hibachi? And I and love he's just, that. He's like getting them like uh, Toast warmed it. up put and it, toasted. Put it in front all, of him. All. And then he so he's eating hibachi as you know it, but as a, like a taco. Yeah, so wow, like he brought that? his
0: own tortillas. It's brilliant. That's next level. That is next level right there. I you know the things you can do with a tortilla. Outstanding. And you you want to perfect those things, David Hellman. Of Fox Ah. Sports, formerly (laughs) Brian's editor, the mystery guest is next here. It's the G-Bag Nation on 105 Through the Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.